Hello, Taylor. Hello, Brandon. Hey, man. I'm I'm glad we we started talking more often. This is awesome. I love this. Yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, you're a you're a great person to talk to. I hope I'm a great person to talk to too for you. <laughs> well, thank you. You are a, an old friend, and it's definitely nice talking to you again. <laughs> um, how is how is your day? Let's see. I've been studying for my first aid training, which is happening this week. We've got some online stuff that we have to do, and then there'll be an in-person uh, a part of that. So I'm almost done with the online stuff. I, I wanted to get it done today, but I didn't quite finish. Um, mm. So I did that. I studied for that. Uh, and I went and took a walk with a friend and, and had a chat with him. Nice. Yeah, what about you? What would you do today? Um, I was at work all day, and I went straight home afterward. I um, got to play with some kids after school. That was really fun, playing Frisbee, playing basketball. Uh, I, I have, like, really aggressive banter, and I feel really bad because I'm, like, talking really bad trash to, like, these seventh graders. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm supposed to be their teacher. So it was bad. Like, if we're playing basketball, too, I, like, I did some, I'm, like, pretty, I'm pretty good. I'm not, like, the greatest, yeah. but because I'm taller, too, I had a lot of finesse over these kids because they were, like, the old seventh graders, right? Right, right. So I felt really bad. I try to, like, I try to, I try to just play bad on purpose. But I couldn't help it, but like want to get one of the kids to like trip or something because he was just talking smack back. So that was uh, that was my day. I have uh, <laughs> I have no I have no humility when it comes to competitiveness. I guess. <laughs> oh my! Whenever I play sports with the kids, I always just set up my teammates for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. No. Not nope. with these kids. <laughs> not with these. Brutal. Hey, they started it. They started it. They started it? it? And (laughs) and you're going to let them pull you down to their level? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tisk, tisk, Brandon. They're like, what's up, Mr. C? What you got? I'm like, oh, you're going to make it easy on yourself. (laughs) Sounds like fun. It was a low point of my day, but also a high point because it was fun. Yeah. So what what are you going to do differently next time? Um, not play with them, obviously. Really? No, no, I'm probably, I'm probably just gonna shut up. Probably shut up. I mean, the thing is, though, they're gonna expect that from me now. They're gonna expect the banter. So then, when I don't banter, they'll be like, "Oh, Mr. C's not banter. You're not like not talking. What's up?" And they're just gonna like they're gonna ask for it the entire time. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, maybe just tone it down a bit. I'm very, yeah, yeah, I'll tone it down. I'm very, uh, I just, I think, but banter's fun. It's not like it's playful, you know? It's not like you're being, you're being mean. I didn't say anything mean. At least I don't think I did. I was just, I was just like teasing. I was teasing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I banter and tease kids all the time. Yeah, yeah. I I enjoy that. I, I like working with kids who are old enough to, to understand that and get that. It mm-hmm. makes it more fun. Uh, but yeah, you definitely, there's definitely a line and yeah. uh, you want to make sure that you don't go too far with the things you say. Mm-hmm. And then of course, there are some times where it's not a good time for banter. But I would say when you're playing basketball with kids, that's a good time to, uh, to yeah. tease them and, and poke fun at them. It makes it yeah. more fun and more interesting, as yeah. long as it's not Harmful. going over to the mean side, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I mean, I, I don't like being. I mean, am I mean? I don't like being mean, so I don't think I'm being mean. But I'm also not. I'm not socially aware enough to know what is mean, what did not mean. Um, or maybe I'm just like not giving myself enough credit too, because I'm actually pretty social. Mm. But um, other than that. There's a, there was a, oh my gosh, there's a girl at work that I have a crush on. 
Oh, really? Yeah, and I don't like having a crush on her. And Why it's like that? the well, because I don't. <laughs> well, one one thing I don't know if she's Christian. Okay. But the other thing is like I wanna I wanna enjoy my singleness. I wanna enjoy my celibacy. Um, and when I see somebody I'm attracted to, and I see them every day, that's kind of really hard. Um, but I was talking to her today for like a like a good amount of sentences, and I'm like. I want to talk to you more, but I know I need a self. I need self control because I can, I could easily fall in love with you if we keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I just know oh. my heart. I'm a, Got I'm you. a, I'm a romantic at heart, Taylor. I'm a romantic at heart, and I hate. Hmm. I love myself for it, but I also, I also don't like that I have don't have control of it. You know, I mean, I have control yep. of like the actions I take, the, the actions I take to move forward. But when I choose to, like, let something happen, even though I know it's not good for me, that's when, um, that's when my heart starts to be like, Brandon, just keep going and encouraging <laughs> me. And then my mind's like, Brandon, that's not a good idea. You know, what's, you know this path. You know where it's going. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at. Well. I don't think I have much advice to offer you because I do not know what it's like to be a romantic. It's okay. You don't have to have advice. I just wanted you to listen. I wanted you to know me a little bit. It's interesting, though. Yeah. What, what is this girl like? She's Korean. Ooh, that's okay. it. <laughs> that's, that's all there is to her, is no, that she's no. Korean. <laughs> Got you. Okay. I'm really attracted to Koreans. I'm really attracted to Koreans, Taylor. There was a girl that went to our school in middle school. So you, this was when you weren't going to middle school or you weren't going to prep. Her name was Victoria. And I thought she was the prettiest girl in school for like from sixth grade all the way till she left. And um, every Korean I've met since I'm like, I'm attracted to you because you remind me of Victoria. Um, and then and then Lori, I think Lori was Korean, wasn't she? Uh, Lord. Oh, yeah, that girl. And um, Ellie, Ellie was Korean. Like, come on. Okay, yeah. I was attracted to both of them. I went to prom with Lori, and then I asked Ellie to prom the, the year after that. So. I feel like Ellie wouldn't say yes to going to prom. She did, though. She said yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And then her dad told her that I could, she, couldn't go, she couldn't go with me. But, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, didn't you go? Who did you go with senior year? You went with uh, I forgot Mark Margaret or no? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a mess. <laughs> oh no, why was it a mess? Um, why was it a mess? I mean, I I knew that she liked me, and I really didn't think it through, and I was like, oh, I'll just go with her. Why not? <laughs> um. But I, I wasn't into her, and so that was obviously a mistake. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. I had yeah. my junior year, I had somebody ask me to prom. But I already had Lori on, like, my mind. I just didn't have the guts to, to ask her yet. And it was a senior that asked me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I go to prom with this person, but she's so nice. And, like, she asked me. And it was like in a moment and I didn't want to like shut her down like immediately. So I like, I like told her to give me some time, but I already knew what my answer was. It was, it was really awkward. That is awkward. Wait, who was that again? I forgot what her name was. You forgot her name. She was a senior. Oh my gosh. Do you remember Lindsay Sullivan? The Sullivan? Was she in our grade? She was a senior, our junior year. Red-haired? Uh, what was she like? Um, she was, like, sportsy. Sportsy. Uh, very, like, nice. Um, very chill. Very very friendly. Um, red hair, freckled, tall. No. No, no I don't, don't remember her. She played soccer. Okay. No. Okay. No. Well, anyways, her friend, 
uh, yeah, it was her, her like her best friend, and it made me. I just realized too, like I actually so I hang out with her and her husband a lot, or I used to when I was reading, and mm. she was telling me her who her best friend was, and I'm pretty sure her that was like that was the girl that asked me to prom, and I told her that I didn't remember her. So now I feel really bad. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. I just forgot her name. I know what she looked like. Anyways, yeah, that was that was prom. I'm oh yeah. Anyways, so I talked to her. I talked to the girl I had a crush on at work. She's Korean, and now like if anybody at work listens to this podcast, they're gonna know who it is because she's the only Korean at work. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Let's like, hope that no one listens to this. I mean, I only told one person. <laughs> Okay, it should be good. I only right? told one person I'll have a podcast. I mean, and then and then it's gonna be like late. So this 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 episode's gonna come out in like late January. So I don't have a, wow. a I don't have a lot to worry about. I have a lot. You I got a lot worried. of production to do or something? No, I just have a lot of. Ba- I have a giant backlog of episodes because I just like. Oh, okay. It, so I don't know if I told I told you this already that I use the podcast as a social mechanism to keep me away from isolation. Right. Right. Yeah, so like, if I feel like I'm gonna like go into a, a hibernation season, I'm just like, no, I can't do that. Let's talk to some people. Um, but yeah, so like, what was that? Oh, I just that was another highlight. I got to talk to her and get to know her a little bit. Um, yeah. she's she's nice. She's she's really friendly. I like, I I've never talked to her, and every time I see her, she says hi. And, like, she looks really excited to see me every time. And I'm like, you are so precious. Like, we have not had a conversation. But you, like, you enjoy seeing me. And I don't even know. I don't even know if she does that with everybody else. But I just, like, feel so seen and wanted every time she does that. And that's, like, every time. I'm not the one, like, initiating, hey, I see you. It's her being like, hey, Brandon. And Is so she in the I, same position as you? Like the same? Yeah, she works. So she's in the gotcha. same position, but she works with a different grade level than I do. Gotcha. What grade yeah. level? Um, I don't want to say. I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be really obvious. So I'm just going to say. Oh, she, it's already obvious? Yeah, it's already obvious because I said she's Korean. So she works in the eighth grade. Um, works in the eighth grade. She works with okay. eighth graders, yeah. Right. And uh, backtracking a little bit, what helps you get out of socialization social isolation by using a podcast versus just calling someone like how how is this different to you um so i i like to put meaning into things like i don't want to call i mean i i it, it, it puts more incentive i guess for myself like it's not like i don't want to call people but when i have incentive it makes me want to call people more does that make sense so like how does this add incentive because so the whole point of the podcast is so that I have a backlog or a, yeah, yeah, a backlog or a journal or an album of memories of conversations that I've had with the people I find important to me. Mm. So you're and excited s- to make the album of memories. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a passion project for me. But this podcast is a passion project. Okay. Um, I like I mean, like this is what I do when I journal. Like I have 11 journals that I've already made it that I've already made and filled out full of my like past five years of, of myself. And I love that. I just like, I like having, I like having a past. I like having a past of myself to look back at and say, this is where Brayden was at this time. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the, that's what keeps me out of social isolation. It's just having, it's the incentive is having a record of, um, of the people that I care about. And then if I didn't have that, it would just be like, Oh, I can call somebody right now. Uh, but I'm not going to, cause it's just easier. Like if I don't have a, the project, because there's a project now, it's like, Oh, I want to like add more to the project that I'm, that I'm creating for my pet for myself. So there's, does that make sense? Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Because before it would just be like, I should talk to somebody right now, but I don't want to because I'd rather just sit in this hermit mode, Brandon. Um, so now that I have this project, it's like, oh, now I have another reason to like call somebody 
and yeah, I know I know what I'm saying I'm repeating myself. It's probably the third time I repeated myself, but I feel like the more I say it, the more like revelation I'm gonna have from it. But it's not really not really happening. It's not working. <laughs> well, the well, third, the third time, the third too. time didn't happen, but the, you know, the, I, the I, first I, and second time. As the uh, owner of this podcast, I wish Thomas and bring us back to uh, what we were supposed <laughs> to talk about. So I wanted to know more about uh, your life story, you know, and yeah. to uh, to review that. Um, and you know, we talked about some of it before, but uh, I want to get a fuller understanding. Oh man! So you want you want the so, full story? Do you want the full story, Taylor? I do. It's a full story. Yeah. Oh we're probably not going to finish today, but we're going to just. I, will, I will do my best. I will do my best to give you the full story. I haven't shared. Right. I haven't shared the full story. I feel so loved right now. Thank you for like <laughs> hearing me out, man. I'm going to give you the full story. Like I am not holding back. I usually hold All right, back. That's what I'm hoping for. And when I hold back, Taylor, I still take at least 45 minutes. So we're gonna see where this goes. We're gonna see. We're probably not gonna finish because I'm supposed to hang with my dad after. But we'll get into it, and we'll uh, we'll have a foothold. You know, we'll have a foothold. We'll be better than sure. where we started. Right. Well, this is so gonna go be a, a three episode podcast, though. <laughs> oh man, yeah. We're gonna share. We're gonna exchange stories. How about that? It'd be really good. It'd be really fun. All right, go ahead. I'm I'm ready to get going. <laughs> Um, okay, so I mean, it's not gonna. I'm I'm so hype. I'm exaggerating my like life story so hard right now. It's not gonna take me over forty five minutes. Well, uh, we'll see. I I ask questions, so you ask, yeah, that's make true. it take longer. Yeah. Okay, so um, I was born. <laughs> We're doing life story or testimony. Uh, what's what's the difference? I so, guess so testimony is how I came God? to Christ. Yeah. Now we're doing life story. Life which story. Which is inclusive of testimony, by the which way. Which is inclusive of testimony for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was born in Hayward, California. It's like um, right next to it's 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 around um, let's see here. It's like just tell me I'm, NorCal or SoCal. It's it's SoCal, it's SoCal. Monterey Bay area, close to Monterey Bay. And I lived there for like three months as a baby. And then my parents moved back to their hometown, Salinas, California. And I lived in Salinas, California for eight years of my life. And in those eight years, I've seen like I've seen hit and run and I was kidnapped. So the hit and run, I was six years old, six years old, seven years old. Six years old. It was first grade. What, how old are you in first grade? Are you, are you there? Oh, you're quiet. Hello? Hello? Oh, you're hello, there now. Hello, hello, hello. Now you're there. Oh, oh, huh. So, this is interesting. I, I turned my screen off and then you couldn't hear me. I don't know why. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, when you when you said that you were kidnapped, I, I was like, wait, what? I, I never knew you were kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought you would respond to that. Uh, <laughs> nope yeah so i got kidnapped what? and i uh and i saw um a hit and run but how old are you how old are you when you um when you're in first grade you're like you're seven i, I know that like fifth and sixth graders are like 10 and 11 so six, oh did seven. i say fifth grade i meant um no you said first grade but first grade. I, i'm just comparing that to what i know 11. so i think i think six sounds about good so whatever, six or seven, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Both. I was actually both ages. I did karate too, so I should start there first, so that I can tell you the kidnapping story. So what? my uncle, my uncle used to babysit me when I was a kid. I was like, I think five, five to six years old. My uncle would babysit me, and he he introduced me to Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Yeah, so Dragon Ball Z at five years old. It was it f- five or four? I don't remember fully, but um, five or four years old introduced me to Dragon Ball Z, and I fell in love with it. And um, my dad was like, "Oh, my my parents also were like into martial arts before you know they had me, but they never like fully committed to it. So, like they never got their black belt, and they they decided to put me into a martial arts like academy. So that's when I got my martial arts." I started. I thought I started at four, but apparently my parents said I started at three. But I'm gonna say I started at four. 
and I, uh, I would, I would go into martial arts and the first thing I would do was try to do a Kamehameha because that's all Z, right? Martial arts. Like I thought this was what they were teaching me. You got to start uh, with the basics. You got to start with the basics, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I did, I did martial arts since I was four and it was, I think it was every Wednesday night after school, my parents would take me to martial arts and we would like, you know, we would learn how to fight. And then afterward, my dad would, it was a kid's class and an adult's class. And my dad was in the adult's class. And after, you know, the kid's class was, I was in, I was tired. I would stay. I stayed in, um, we had a van at the time. Okay. So it was nighttime during adults, uh, the adults, the adults class. And we had a van. My mom would like stick me in the van because I was tired. It was like late. It was, it was like eight o'clock. And that's late for me when I was six or seven. And um, she like left the van to go get grab something in the um, in the in the gym in the dojo. And so the dojo, by the way, that I that we went to, it was like a recreational dojo. It was a recreational room or recreational center. So like it had it didn't have just like mats for karate. It also had gymnastics things. It had ballet stuff. I had a basketball court inside and all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. It was one of those kind of rooms. And so, and, and like the facility was also next to a park and that park was also next to like the, the, the ghetto quote unquote. I don't, yeah. I don't know if it was a ghetto. I'm just going to call it the ghetto because that's where I got kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would make it a ghetto, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my mom, my mom left the van like briefly, not even like, um, not even for like a minute. And I'm in the I'm in the van, and I felt I already fallen asleep because I was so tired. And I was all the way in the back of our van, and I was like three three seats behind. And as my mom left, two people entered the van, and like, like, uh, and. Because my mom left the keys in there, because she was like she was leaving real quickly, and right. and like took the van, and oh, I so wake they up. Driving with they started driving it. the van away. They took they they they, they oh, took boy. the van while I was yeah. without me without knowing I was in it, or maybe they did. I don't oh. know. So go ahead. Do you have a question? It seems like they were trying to steal the van. Well, yeah, yeah. At least what I'm hearing. But I was. I mean, it was still kidnapping because I was in the van. Right. Um, and I was asleep. I didn't even know anything. And I thought, like, the person driving the car was my mom. Yeah. And uh, I, I went back to sleep. I heard, like, I heard a male voice, like, two male voices arguing with each other. And then I was like, whatever. I was, I'm, a, like, a six-year-old, and I feel safe because it's my van. And yeah. I just went back to sleep. And then I woke up to, like, bright lights waking me up and a cop like taking me out of the back of the van and my mom hugging me and saying, Oh my gosh, my child. So that's, that's a kidnap. That's a kidnap story. Um, so you were asleep for the whole, I was asleep the yeah. entire time. I the only, <laughs> I don't remember, I only remember waking up, hearing the two people. And then my mom, my, the, the cop, like taking me out of the van and my mom hugging me. That's all I remember. So how did they get caught? I don't know. I don't. I never asked my mom about the story. Are you serious? You I never don't... asked your mom, "Yo, how did they?" I was. Well, I was six, and it was never something that came up. What now? Hey, mom. Hey, that, mom. like at this point, yo, yo, hey, mom. <laughs> hey, like, mom. Remember like, that time I got kidnapped? Yeah, yeah. I would ask more questions about that story. <laughs> I mean, it's I'd just... be like, "Yo, let's revisit the time that two people <laughs> stole your van, and I was inside of it. I mean, how did it, we catch those people? It was something that happened, you know." <laughs> Oh, yeah, whatever. I mean, everyone gets kidnapped. Like, why should we know yeah, the yeah. details of the story? It's not I, mean, I should find more details because it's a fun story. It's a fun story to tell people. It's like, wait, Brady, you got kidnapped? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. I got kidnapped. I'm still here. I'm not traumatized. What's up? Yeah, you, I'm you had the benefit of sleeping through it. The benefit of, dude, I was, I was a chubby boy. I was a chubby boy. <laughs> Yeah, I probably would have kicked you out. All right, my my spirit animal was Snorlax from Pokemon. Okay, <laughs> it's a good spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, I love although it. I should 
probably get a whistle to control you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I feel like, you know, you were also blessed in the fact that they got caught right away. And yeah. like, you need to know how in the heck they got caught. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do remember... Um... I do remember hearing sirens too. I'll say that, like when I, when the two cop or the two guys were talking. Yeah. Um, but I could also like I could also be like thinking that out of memory because like um, yeah. But yeah, that happened, and then the the drive by was the same year. Um, my parents let me walk to school with my sister, and there was a day when we were walking back home, and we were crossing the street, and there was. Um, there were two guys, like, you know, gangster outfitted, walking on the other side toward a different direction. And, a, and like, a car or, yeah, a car, like, was speeding through the neighborhood to turn into these people. And they ran off. And they, they like, they basically sprayed that time. And my sister was, like, yeah, she kept me, like, covered my ears and ran to that, back to the house. Wait, I missed part of that. They basically what? They they like sprayed. They sprayed, you know, the gun. Oh, they started shooting. Gotcha. Okay. Sister covered my ears. We ran off. Made it home safely. Um, oh. And that was when my mom. I mean, I don't know. I never had this conversation with my mom, but I'm assuming, like that kind of environment, me having both of those experiences, made my mom like decide. We need to live somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and so we, my mom was like thinking about places to move and places that she discovered was a place my uncle lived in, which was Reading. He lived in Reading. Like, no, he lived in Mount Shasta. And we would visit him, I think, three times before my mom decided, like, we want to move here. Mm. So we, when we visited, my, my uncle lived in a cabin in the woods. Where like where the snow would like hit. I think he lived in Whiskey Town. Um, okay. I'm not too sure. It was either Whiskey Town or Mount Shasta because like it was snow. There was like snow every time we visited in the winter, and like it never snowed. In- hmm. um, I feel like that would have been Mount Shasta. It was our well. It was it probably was McLeod actually, because it was okay. close enough to Reading that we could visit him, um, and like go to the boat, like go to Mount Shasta for the boat, um, boating in Mount Shasta. We'd also boat okay. or sorry, Shasta Lake, not Mount Shasta Lake. And he also had a houseboat. I remember going to a houseboat too. Um, so he lived near Shasta Lake. So either he lived in Shasta Lake or McLeod because it was close. It was both of those places are close to Shasta Lake. Um, but it snowed, so it had to been in McLeod. Anyways, um, yeah. So my mom. We visited. My uncle it was great. Great time. Uh, loved loved every time I visited because my uncle is just like he's my favorite uncle. Like I feel like a lot of my persona like that comes out is like carried was carried from my uncle. Uh, a lot of your what? A lot of my like personality like that I carry comes from my uncles. Um, specifically, the one that that is from McLeod. Like just very carefree, very, um, very childlike, very, uh, but also mature at the same. And then what's the other one? And like banter, banter and teasing is like his favorite thing to do. And I love, I love those two things too. Um, but yeah, so then that kind of convinced my parents to move to Red Ink, um, Red like while in Red Ink. We, uh, we just, I was figuring things out. I left, I left my, my two friends too. Oh my gosh, man, we're going back to that. I have not, I have not reflected on this in a while. So my best friend from first grade, oh my gosh, there's so many stories in first grade. Jeez. I like, I was, <laughs> I was scarred first and second grade. I was scarred. Okay. So one of them, I, there was a girl I had a crush on. And I told her I had a crush on her. Or, or maybe I made it obvious that I, like, I was giving her a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, and she kissed a, another boy in front of me. Oh. <laughs> like, was this a purposeful act? As like- yeah, it was a purposeful act. Before, like, be- and another thing was, like, 
the um the family knew my family so like that was another thing like i would see her more than i would see all the other guys or all the other people at at school so they would encourage us to like you know be friends but i thought that was like encouraging me to like you know be attracted to her but like i had an infatuation i wouldn't say you know like sexual attraction it was just an infatuation like oh is this girl i want to like i want attention from because my parents and her parents want us to like give each other attention. Um, but she, she like kissed a girl, she kissed a guy in front of me. That was interesting. Um, but because that happened, there was another girl that was like with us and like, she started like, you know, talking me up, you know, like, Hey, don't worry about that. Like, and encouraging me. And she became my best friend. Her same was, her name was Mercedes. And the day I found out I I was moving, she like she was the first person I wanted to tell. And I found out that she like she left the school. Like she stopped going to that school. And that was like one of the hardest that was like that was so hard because she was my best friend. And I like I didn't get to say goodbye to her. Oh, that's sad. Um, yeah. And then um, we were also part of like I don't know if it was like a smart kid class or a dumb kid class <laughs> but it was like it was one of those classes where the teacher would like take like so there was main class and then there was like class after class uh-huh. and um it was probably dumb kid class because honestly I-, I don't remember anything like I just didn't care I didn't care about school at all so I didn't pay attention at all um I didn't like, I think the only thing that I remembered was math because it was like the easiest thing to remember, but everything else, like I didn't want to read. I didn't want to learn about history. I didn't want to learn. I didn't want to learn my ABCs, but like math was like, oh, two plus two equals four. That's easy. So I paid attention to that because it was like, oh, is this something I could easily do? And I thought it was like mundane, task, taskless. How, how in the heck do you Um, remember so much from first grade? Like if you asked me what I remember from first grade, I'd be like, I, I don't even know. First (laughs) through third or fourth grade. Like, I'm not sure what happened. I was, I was a, I mean, I'm a, I was a very reflective kid since I could, since kindergarten. I mean, I can go, I can go to kindergarten and pre, no, since preschool. I can talk to you about Why were you so reflective? Preschool. Um, I felt, uh, for me, it was probably the, the feeling of abandonment. Like, I never got, I never felt, att- I, I never felt attended to. And like, my favorite memories when I was when I, when I received attention. And I would reflect, like, why do I want it? Like, what is it that I wanted? How do I like my my base my basic desire was basically to to feel good, and I would reflect on like what makes me feel good, and I would just try to remember those things and like, uh they 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 really carried over like during my formative years because like, I would try to reflect what makes me feel good what makes me come alive, and I I would reflect like why or why do I feel so depressed and I would reflect on like the feelings I had when I was in first grade, kindergarten, all that stuff. So that's probably why I remembered. Cause I've been, I've been self-reflective, like very intentionally self-reflective since middle school. Where do you think those feelings of abandonment yeah. came from? Um, okay. So in sixth grade was when I discovered, or was it sixth grade or fifth grade, either sixth grade or fifth grade, I discovered I was depressed and um that discovery was when i came to new york so we came my family came to new york and um we we decided to go on a trip to new york see my grandma because she lived here at the time she still lived like she she moved here i think like a year after we visited or a year before we visited i mean and um, my dad wanted to see her because it's her dad her mom or his mom sorry and yeah, we, we all came with like the family was like my favorite people, my, my cousins, my uncles, my grandma. Um, we all, we were all, we were all here just enjoying New York. Right. And I couldn't help but feel like I was nothing. I couldn't help but feel like, 
there's all of this good stuff happening and I'm sad and I feel shame. I feel, I felt like nobody cared. I felt like, I felt this like very heavy sense of shame. Um, and that's when I became more aware of, because I wanted to like, I wanted to answer why I felt the shame. And I also wanted to like find an answer to feel better about myself because I was so depressed. Um, so ashamed of myself. I, I didn't have the language for it like I do now, but that was like the revelation I had. I was like, I'm sad. What, I don't want to be sad, but I'm going to like, I need, I, this is all I know. And I don't want to be here, but this is all I know. That's kind of like, that's kind of the, that was, that's probably the language I had when I was. And you're like, in sixth grade? I don't want Realizing to be here. that? Either sixth or fifth grade, yeah. Um, it was depressing. I mean, I, some, sometimes I think, yeah, 11, when I was 11, 10, 10 turning 11 or 11 turning, yeah, because it was, it was the, it was, uh, it was on a, what is it? It was during New Year's and you're, yeah, it was during New Year's. So I was 10 turning mm-hmm. 11. Was there anything that made you come to that uh, realization or was it just the constant reflection that you had? It was, it was, um, it was, a lot of it was shame. Like I felt like the only, I was being corrected all the time. I was being told what not to do instead of what I could do. Um, I was being told, I was like, my, my family would point out my mistakes instead of my successes. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be encouraged to grow. I'd just be like told to stay where I am, um, and where I was, but like, I wasn't in control of, um, just like constant stuff like that. And then like, I don't want to like talk bad about my family, my parents specifically, but the way that they raised me just wasn't what I needed, but it was the only way that they could like, they could raise me because that was how they were raised, you know? Uh, I was a very emotional dependent child and they didn't know how to be emotionally. um, What's the word? Emotionally nurturing. Uh, Or available. Available would be a better word too, because like they themselves are broken and they didn't know how to handle their own emotions. So they would just tell me not to do things because that's what they were told their entire lives. What mix of, sorry. Uh, what mix did your depression have do you think what amount of it was due to circumstance and what amount do you think was genetic just something in you uh well my parents my family my mom i don't like i don't like bringing my mom stuff my 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 family stuff out of like out into the public Mm. Because it's like it's also their it's their life, not right. just mine. Um, but it like genetically, my family has a line of depression, specifically on my mom's dad's side. Um, but also my mom's my mom's mom's side, my grandmother's sides and my grandfather's side, like both of them. And like I've been blessed. To, to believe at least that my dad's side doesn't have that kind of like genetic hashtag like quote-unquote right. genetic but definitely there have been symptoms of depression in my fam- my mom's family tree um, but that's just generational cycles of you know toxic culture toxic um belief systems toxic worldviews and that's something that um, my family has been trying really hard to get out of, and thankfully I've, ch- I've like, I've been able to come out of it because my mom, like trying so hard to get out of it herself. You, you brought up you know? something interesting that I don't want to focus on too much because it's not the point, but I, I just want to mention that, that you mentioned this cycle of, you know, of toxic worldviews, parents raising their children and. And because of that, the toxic worldview, they would be depressed. Do you think that depression due to circumstance over generation could lead to a genetic depression because of the way they acted, right? Um, I, I don't, I don't anyway, know. Um, I, it would, I guess it depends on what you mean by genetic. Yeah. 
Because, like, to me, when I think genetic, I think of biological. Like, is depression right, biological? Right. Something you were born with. I think. Yeah. So, like, are you saying that you? That do I think depression is something you can be? Well, born I with? think it's something that you can be born with. But I'm wondering if, over time, because of the way people acted, if it could become part of their genetic structure. But. And I'm going to put that away now that we started thinking about it because I want to go back to, uh, to what we were talking about. So <laughs> right. you, there is a, a family history of depression, it sounds like. So it sounds like it was something that was already, you know, uh, in some way a part of you genetically. But right. it also sounds like there was the the way that your parents were raising you in kind of this unloving way that also led to to these feelings of depression. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't – I wouldn't say unloving. I would say more of like um... – Un, unsatisfying because they still loved me they just didn't love me the way that I yeah, as I said loved. that I knew that it wasn't quite the right way to put it but you, you get what I'm saying oh, okay right? cool well, I, I, I corrected it I corrected it yeah um, yeah by the way my silence wasn't because I, did, I didn't want to answer that question my silence was because I was mulling over the, the, the question yeah, sure uh, so yeah so yeah, that happened. Depression happened. Where was I going with that? Well, we, yeah, New York. We, well, being, that was the self-reflective part, right? Yeah, because you were asking why did I? How could I remember all of that? That was the reason. Like, why am I depressed? I was starting to create inquiry, and at the age of ten and eleven, I didn't have a lot of like, I didn't have a lot. I had a, I, had, I didn't have a lot of years to like lose, so I had a lot of memories already stacked, and I would reflect on all those memories and try to like remember why I was sad and that's why I remember a lot of the things that I remember so losing my friend Mercedes is one of the like I was like did, how did that shape me um the girl that kissed that, that kissed the guy in front of me how did that shape me so like that's where the self-reflection really was heightened because of my depression because I wanted answers one and also I wanted to fix myself because I didn't like being sad um let me think here. Uh, oh, yeah. I wanted to go into kindergarten. I'm, like, going all over the place. But you, you're, it's, it's just the questions you're asking. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say, in, in, not kindergarten, it was preschool. In preschool, I was a bully. Ooh, and another thing that I remembered in preschool, which is just gnarly. This is just, I'm just giving you, like, sporadic stories right. now of my life. <laughs> but... This is just another reason why, like, um, Salinas was a bad place for me to live. But, like, pre this was preschool, Taylor. I might have told you this story in high school, but this was preschool, okay? In preschool, there were kids, human, like, um, there were kids, um, you know, creating a prostitution what? business. What are you talking about? Yeah, there was, no, this was a legit thing. Like, so we have, so I don't know, um... Uh, we have like how like you know like the little toy kid yeah. houses that that kids would play in. Right. You know what I'm talking about? We had one of those. We had like a, a lot of those, and one of them was like had windows and you mm -hmm. could shut them. And there were two boys guarding the front door, and um and like there were like a line of boys just like waiting to go inside. And inside the inside this 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 house this like kid house was a girl waiting to play with the next boy. <laughs> and and like I, I can't I went in I did I didn't even know this in the line. I went to like in front of the boys and open try to open the door because I was I wanted to play, but the boys would stop me like they were bouncers. It's like, hey this isn't you gotta wait for the line. I was like I gotta wait a line to be in the house. And so I went in the line and I just like I left. But like I would see the girl, I would see boys leaving and then like the girl saying bye and then waiting for the next boy. And like, that was one of the things, you know, being reflective, like that actually is really bad. Do you think they realized so, what they were doing? Uh, I, I, I definitely think that they were imitating something that they, they're familiar with because that, I mean, like, like I said, that's why I think Salinas was bad because they were, this is something that they were commonly informed by or commonly like exposed to 
Um, so yeah, that was just like a really bad story. Oh, so that I was getting into first and second grade. So another thing that the like the being dumb, the being dumb and being smart. I'm pretty sure it was being dumb because being a teacher now, I realize oh, it's probably being a dumb kid. <laughs> and then also also reflecting on like me not caring about English. Ironically, I'm, I have an English degree, so. Um, so, uh, yeah. It was, but the thing is, though, this was a math. So, like, I was, I was, uh, I was held, I was held after class for math, and my teacher was his name was Mr. Bill, and he was the most toxic teacher I've ever had. He made me cry numerous times, and calling me, he called me stupid. He called wow. me like an idiot. He called, he like, he just talked me down. First, That's second brutal. grader, dude. First grade, second grader. Uh, like because I didn't choose to like answer a question on a piece of paper. Like, and it was like it's what is to, I don't. It was probably like the simplest. They were probably like the most simplest uh, questions, like right. math questions. But I just like because he was talking to me the way he was. I didn't even want to answer the questions. And then he would just keep going and going and going. He's like, you know the answer. Just say the. Did he curse at you? And. He would wow. curse at me, dude. It was bad. It was bad, bro. There was it no was one bad. else in the room, I guess. And I never, no, there was there was like three of us, and he would do it to all three of us. Mercedes was like one of three them. Three kids. There's no other adults in the um, room right now. It was yeah, just him, the adult. Did you ever tell kids. another adult? No, because I was so scared yeah, of Mister Bill. Like he made us terrified yeah. of him, dude. I I literally I legitimately hated him and hated that school because of it. Um, but but there were like other good qualities. I'm like my my like I was so jealous of my other my other second grade friends. Um, I started going to maybe I did say something because I didn't see Mr. Bill at second grade. Um, after that, like after a few more times, but like my second grade class. Um, Monsters Inc. came out too, by the way. So this was around okay. when Monsters Inc. came out, and and there was a trailer for Monsters Inc. and there was a part that made me really laugh when Mike Wazowski, um, I forgot even like it was a, it was when, uh, it was when Boo first laughed. Right, yeah. Right. Do you remember when Boo yeah. first laughed? The scene. It was that scene that I saw, and this was when I realized I had really bad social skills, because I would go to my my class the next day. And I would act out that scene. And my friends were like, what are you doing? <laughs> they were like communicating so fluently, like how great this, the movie was, was. And I'm like, yeah, you remember that part when they were like, blah, 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 blah. and then blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they were just like looking at me this like I was crazy. This is first grader stuff though. I, I see first graders do that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I want to go, go back but, for a second. I mean, I, Actually, I want to finish. Let you finish this train of thought, and then we'll go back. Okay. Well, um, but yeah, that was that was like when I was reflecting my middle, like middle, middle school me reflecting up back on that. I was like, wow, I have no idea. This is actually I was probably high school me reflecting back on on that story and realizing because like that moment really like also was like building up shame in my, inside of me. It's like wow. I'm not making friends because I'm weird. That was like the lie that I was telling in my head. Because they literally said yep. I was weird. Yep. <laughs> I right, want to go back to uh, that experience with Mr. Bill, um, which was his last name, yeah. Bill. It's weird. But how do you think that shaped you? What choices or what, what decisions about yourself and who you were did you make because of that experience? Um, I didn't trust adults anymore. Um, I didn't like adults anymore. I felt I thought all adults were that way, which is ironic because I. So what I what I would do, I would just sabotage my relationship with hmm. adults because um, I would think like my second grade teacher. I would think my second grade teacher was really nice at first, like in the outside, but in my head I was like, but that was what Mr. Bill was like in front of my mom, and how Mr. Bill was like in front of all the other teachers. But I know. Like deep down, he's an evil person because, and like that didn't help. It didn't help that my parents were the same way. Like, I knew that my parents had a face, and then at home, pub privately, they had this toxic relationship 
you know, didn't really help my ident- my perception of like the public, the public adult and the private adult. Um, and so that really like shaped my view of how, um, how adults were as a kid. Like, you know, you're really nice to wait, me. Wait, wait, really one second, this. Brandon. Um, but, I'm gonna have you go I, back. I lost audio. Push something on my headphones. I want you to go back to, um, but that's how we acted in front of my mom, like Mr. Bill in front of your mom, and then go from there. Oh right, right. So he acted in front of my mom like he was a nice person. Um, and so like, but I know privately he, he told me all of these things Mm. behind my mom's back about me. And so like when I, when I met my second grade teacher, he's like, you're a nice person, but I, I'm just going to assume that this is a face because of what Mr. Bill did in first Hmm. grade. So you learned something really early. And so because of, because of that, and then it, mm -hmm, and it didn't help that like my parents' private Um. life was the same way. You know, they had a face in public life. And then their private life, they're like, they had this toxic relationship. But like, that's like, that's what it, it mean. That parents have those, those moments, but I just remember those moments the most because of my experience with Mr. Bill, I think. Interesting. So, so you learned something that a lot of kids may not realize at that age, that adults will act differently in different circumstances, depending on who's there. And mm-hmm. since you had such a really negative experience with exactly. that, you started seeing things through that lens exactly exactly so I, I would just assume that this teacher had good intentions publicly but it, it, and privately they don't they don't care about me at all they didn't care about me at all um and that that went with all the teachers and like it's so sad though because like when it comes to family for me my, like family was not that way because i, I haven't been hurt by a th- another family member i've been hurt by my 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 immediate family members, but not like, you know, an aunt or an uncle. So my only positive view of adults were my family, were like the family that I've surrounded, my, my parents have surrounded me by. So like a lot of my maternal figures were my aunts because they just like, they, they adored me and I loved that. That was the attention that I wanted. And that was literally like one of the only things that kept me alive. Like when I felt depressed and suicidal, it was like, I I know I believe I'm loved because I have my aunts and like the way that that they were affectionate to me. Have you ever told them that? Was that way? Um, did you want to keep going? Uh, yeah, I've told them, but they didn't understand. I, I don't think I, I they didn't know how to respond to it, honestly. But did you want to say something? I think I feel like I I cut you off. Wow. Um, no, I think when you cut me off a while ago, I no. said later what I wanted to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. Um, okay. Yeah. So that was, that was my experience in Selena's. That's like not all of it, but that was like, those were the most formative stuff. Um, another, oh my gosh, another formative thing. And this is like, this is, uh, I mean, there's, there's probably a lot more that I'm not going through with you, <laughs> but this was just, this is just a story because I like stories. It was a traumatic story. I, um, my family, we used to go crab, crab fishing and, um, this place that we used to live. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of all the stories I had at the duplex. Cause we, my, my, my dad used to own a duplex. Was there another one that was like really formative at the duplex? Oh yeah. There was that one. That one's huge. Okay. So there's two stories at the duplex. So, um, one of them. I mean, I'll, I can share. I can share the the other story like later on because that one was like formative for me, you know, coming to Jesus. But one of the stories, we went crab fishing, and uh, I I don't know what happened. Like, I'm just afraid of I'm afraid of crabs because we went crab fishing, and we left the crabs. We left the crabs like a bucket of crabs in our in the front of the door and somebody opened it and like all of the crabs just started crawling all over the floor and it literally haunted me and i ran to my mom they picked up all the crabs and ever since then if i see a crab crawling if i see like a crawdad or a crawfish just like moving its legs if i go to red lobster and i see inside of its aquarium i freak out just gonna say i just wanted to say that are you still there? 
I can't hear you, by the way. Did you, like, cut off? Can you hear me now? You can hear me now? Okay, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, interesting. I can hear you now, yeah. Did you ask it? I would... Uh, no, oh, I just said now? that was really interesting. I didn't know that about you. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things. I think the most uh, interesting thing, I, at least in my opinion, that I heard today is that experience with Mr. Bill. I never knew that about you. Um, that would definitely be yeah. a very formative experience for a child, something that affects how they interact with adults in a really serious way. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I've ever told Really? You've never told them about, about Mr. Bill? Too. Huh. I don't talk to my parents. Like, my parents never started a conversation with me. Um, and I never I never started conversations with my parents until, like, as of, like, two, two three years ago. Um, we, we didn't actually start an actual conversation and relationship hmm. till last year. That's how hard it was. And how, how has that been going? To, like, talk to my parents. It's been a lot better. Like, a lot of it, a lot of it is just expectation. Like... I want my mom to like, I, I didn't realize that I wanted my mom to be a mom to me. And like, to me, a mom is somebody who is emotionally present with me, um, emotionally available, emotionally, emotionally mature for me. And she's not, she's not that for me, even though she could be emotionally mature, she's just not doing that for me. And that really hurts because um, I, I want to be, I want to be loved that way. I want to be pursued that way. Um, and I've like, I've, I've come to terms with that expectation. Like she's not going to be able to do that, but she's still my mom. And because of that, I can, I can like have a conversation with her and not get mad. Like, and not want to like pursue more than just, yeah, the conversation. I see what you're saying. That uh, so that's how things are now with her. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like the emotionally available thing, emotional maturity, or are you talking about just like having a conversation? I'm talking about her not being able to be or not wanting to be a mother for you in the way that you would want her to be. Yeah, yeah, she's not, she's, she's doing that now, but like, I'm okay with it. Um, I just, I just love that my mom's talking with me. Like, I love that I have a relationship with mm. her, and that. Sh- that's and why enough. do you think she, she's like that? Um, she has her own trauma. Like, you don't I have don't to like tell me her trauma, family, but just especially saying public. She has her trauma. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. She has trauma. I, I mean, if I was explaining, it would make more sense. But yeah, her trauma. She's. Yeah, what? She's got a lot of trauma. I'll just this has been a really interesting conversation. I've really enjoyed this. Learned a lot of really interesting things about you that I did not know. Uh, it is time for me to go. Uh-huh. I told my dad that we would hang out tonight. Yeah, you got it. Uh, but I'm looking forward to continuing it and to shed new light on into who you are. And, and I'd like to also bring up a point. Um, I remember what I said last time that you know, if you really want to understand someone's life story and understand who they are, you don't just ask them once. You would have to ask them multiple times. Earlier you mentioned that, you know, you were forgetting things and that you were not telling me the like, like you were kind of scatterbrained. And yeah, you got to ask them more than once. There's a lot to know about a person. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear right. yours. Although I, I will not have mine on a podcast. <laughs> that's just I uh, who i am no no no, no. I, I wouldn't want i wouldn't yeah. want you to do something yeah. you wouldn't want to do um and then yeah i think i've i think i've only he- heard bits and pieces also yeah. so i'm really excited to hear that all right then enjoy awesome. your time with your dad i'm i'm probably gonna go to bed in like 20 Man, you minutes, go to so. bed pretty early on a friday uh, yeah, I'm really tired, and um, I might do it, make another call, but I'm like, I don't know what it is today. I'm just like really sluggish, mm-hmm. and I wanted to work out today too, so that's how bad it was. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's figure out another time where we can talk, and then yeah. um, go on from there. Yeah. All right, and bye, Brandon. Enjoy your time.